You're listening to The Bookstorian Podcast, a podcast for book lovers and bookstagrammers. Hello and welcome to Season 3 of The Bookstorian Podcast. My name is Tegan and I am your host. On this episode of the podcast, I chat to Shaylee from At To Read Or To Write, that is with the numerical value of two, and Keely from At Moonlight Underscore Book Club. Both of these ladies take some incredible photos using book shapes and they have a chat to me about their inspiration as well as other little bits and pieces about Instagram. And I also have a chat to them about the X Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. And just a warning, there are definitely some spoilers about this book. Most of them do happen towards the end though. So I highly recommend you have a listen to the Bookstagram conversation, have a read of the X Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon and then come back and revisit the podcast. Hello, Shaylee and Keely. Welcome to the Bookstory and Podcast. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me. You are my first guest of season three, and I am super keen to talk to both of you. I'm having like a slight fangirl moment because I absolutely love your photos. So it's great to be able to talk to you both. You're so sweet. We're excited yeah, <laughs> to be here. Excited to be here. I always like to start my podcast with an icebreaker question and the icebreaker question that I have for you is what book do you always recommend to a friend? Shaylee, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, So since I have so many good books that I I always want to tell people like 10 books when they ask like what a good book is. Um, So usually I say, uh, what are you in the mood because I'm very much like a mood reader. So um, if they're in the mood for a thriller, I would say my current favorite is probably The Night Swim um, by Megan, uh, I think it's Golden or Goldwyn. Um, She's amazing. And then uh, for romance, I say Colleen Hoover because I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, She'll rip your heart open and then put it back together. Um, So she's amazing. And then inspirational um, the girl, uh, with the louding voice is one of my favorites. So those are kind of, kind of some of my like go-tos, but I always say depends on the mood that, that they're in. Depends on what I recommend. Yes, uh, definitely. And even when I wrote this question, I was like, oh, and sometimes it could (laughs) depend on the person because this person might really love romance or they might really love like memoirs. So it can definitely be taken in all different ways, uh, this icebreaker mm-hmm. question. And what about you, Keely? I would say kind of similar to Shaylee. I typically try to figure out like what they like to read because I want to recommend something they really like. And then I probably talk to them way longer than I should be to give one book recommendation. I'm sure people are like, oh my gosh, why did I ask? This is a bad idea. Um, but I think two of the things that I kind of reach for the most um, are The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I read that last year and I just loved it. And I think that that can reach kind of a broad audience and that there's like romance elements. There's some like inspiring, like real life, like gritty moments. And it's also historical fiction, which I know like my mom loves historical fiction. So like when I'm recommending to an audience like that, that has some reach there too. Um, and then for people who like like a mystery or a thriller I typically recommend The Last Time I Lied by Riley Sager um, which I know some people have like mixed thoughts on 
that book or on Riley Sager's writing in general, but um, that is one of the books that made me fall in love with the thriller genre and got me back into it. So I always recommend that. It's a great like summer thriller read because it takes place at a summer camp. Um, I think that like the twists in that are really artfully crafted. And so I think if someone is in the thriller or mystery mood, it's a really fun one. I haven't read the second one that you mentioned the last time I lied, uh, but it's definitely something that has to be on my list when I feel in the mood for a good thriller. And I finally read The Seven Husbands of he Evelyn Hugo last month, and I don't know why it took me so long to get to it, but yeah, it was definitely a good five-star read. Um, mine that I thought about, um, I, I read a lot of historical fiction, um, so much so that when I mention it on the podcast, one of my friends has said, you probably need to make that a drinking game when you listen to the podcast, the amount of times you go, I love historical fiction. <laughs> so just again, for the first time this season, I love historical fiction. And this one's a good one in terms of um, strong female protagonist and a blend of historical fiction as well with a little bit of romance in it. And it is The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. I feel like her writing is just so immersive and really easy to slide into the world. And essentially this one is based on a true story about a team of women who deliver books as part of the Eleanor Roosevelt's new traveling library. And it explores love of uh, well, love of literature, a passion for improving literacy and really just a group of women who struggle with that depression era norms that are placed on them. So I think all of those things mix together and make a good book and could suit really any any reader. So both of you are here today or tonight, depending on what part of the world that you're in, <laughs> because you both have bookstagram accounts. And that's what I do on the bookstore and podcast is I interview specifically people who have bookstagram accounts. And you are two accounts that I actually followed separately. And in my planning notes for season three, a few months ago, or even longer than a few months ago, probably 12 months ago or so, I started um, writing down like people that I really wanted to interview and you both were on there. And then I was really overjoyed to discover you guys are actually both friends. <laughs> so that made it really easy to invite both of you on at the same time to talk about what you do in the bookstagram world. And for the, for the people who are listening, who haven't started following either of these lovely ladies, Keely's account is at moonlight underscore book club and Shaylee's account is at to read or to write using the number two. And they both make really cool, unique, crafty photos using books. So it might be waves or rockets or planets or kites or umbrellas or swings or bikes. And the list just goes on and on and on and on. And I think that's only like the last probably 50 of your posts, just skimming through the, some of the things that you've made. So I've probably answered part of this question already, but Keely, could you describe your bookstagram feed for the listeners? Yeah, of course. Um, so I, bookstagram is a hobby for me um, and it started just as something fun for me to do while I was spending so much time at home, while I was diving back into reading so much. Um, I work full time and I'm in grad school in the evenings. And last year, my summer semester was really, really busy. And I said, when I get out on summer break, I'm starting a bookstagram feed because I'm a longtime bookstagram follower, longtime 
lover of books and um, just thought it looked really fun. So I was like, this is my reward for surviving this semester. And so um, I try to keep that energy with everything that I do in my feed because I really want it to just be a space that can be truly creative and like share a love of books and like build this fun book community. So as far as like what I post, it's a mix of um, like book art or book shaped photos where I'm arranging books into shapes or scenes and sometimes jumping in them, and sometimes staying behind the camera. Um, a lot of book reviews, so sharing thoughts on things that I recently read, um, you know, or just like sharing a selection of books or um, so like flat lays of just books looking pretty on a blanket or in my hands or something like that. So I try to use a lot of color in my feed and try to keep it kind of like just really cozy and fun and just like a place where people can come and share a love of books. I don't know if that's a good description, but I hope it is. Yes, perfectly said. And what about you, Shaylee? How would you describe your bookstagram feed? Um, so pretty similar um, to Keely's. Um, I would say my page is kind of a, a culmination of all the things that I love. Um, you'll see a lot of like book shapes, um, which are just super fun and also like challenging. I like to like challenge myself, like, can I make a bike out of books? Um, and just seeing if that's even possible. Um, you'll see a lot of like coffee because I'm like an avid coffee drinker. Um, and then I, I've always read like a ton of books and always kind of wanted to like share what I thought about them because all my friends were always coming to me like, what's a good book to read? And I'd be like, okay, what have I read like recently? So it's kind of nice to be like, oh, check out my page browse through and see if anything um, looks good to you. So um, yeah, fun shapes. Oh, cute clothes. I love clothes and fashion. So you're going to see a lot of my closet. Um, I like to kind of pair that with books sometimes and see if I can get it to match. Um, so yeah, coffee, fun shapes, me doing weird poses um, with books and, and clothes and books and coffee. That's mine. <laughs> I like that you've both given it a name for me. So book art or book shapes is, is a really good way to describe what you do. And I'm going to ask you about your inspiration for that very soon. So how did you actually decide on your bookstagram handle, Shaylee? So uh, mine is to read or to write. Um, and I would say those are my two greatest passions, um, writing and reading. Um, I, I even kind of thought about making my page more of like a writing page because I love to write. Um, I've written two novels, neither of which are published, but hopefully one day. Um, and for me, reading and writing really go hand in hand. Um, I feel like reading gives me like inspiration for my writing. And when I'm not able to read, the words just like won't come to me when I try to write. Um, so to read or to write was kind of like, my constant struggle like should I read should I go write something and be productive um and the number two because T.O. was already taken <laughs> so yeah excellent I really like asking this question because so many people have put 
really so many people have put so much thought into into what they've created and it's not often something that you share with other people um, as your followers kind of build so i really enjoy this question and what about you keely so yours is at moonlight underscore book club how did you come up with that name yeah, I think that picking a name when I was starting my account was so hard. And I'm sure Shaylee can agree. Like, you feel so much pressure. And I was like, I'm, I'm like, an, I don't even exist in this world yet. So like picking a name should be the least of my problems. Like, what are you going to post, you know? Um, but I chose Moonlight underscore book club. Um, and the important thing in there to me is Moonlight. Um, and I have always loved the moon I was born under a full moon and my mom has like an awesome like labor story that involves the moon being full the night that she had me um and so the moon has always been something that's important to me and um when I was young and you know it, in my childhood home and really in love with books I often would be in trouble for staying up way too late reading and so I would try to turn the lights down in my room as low as possible. Um, and so this idea of reading by moonlight so that you can stay up late and read was kind of just something that has always felt um, very like personal to my reading journey. And so I just wanted to capture this idea of, you know, a, a page for people who love to read so much they don't go to bed on time <laughs> type of thing. So that's where the Moonlight Book Club started. I also love spooky things. Like I love um, Halloween and any like thrillers and mysteries. And I think that like Moonlight kind of grabs that idea of mystery or spooky too. I think that's some really beautiful symbolism that you have there within your handle. So as you, met, as you both mentioned to me before, book art or book shapes is what you would call the creations that we see on your bookstagram feeds how what what actually inspires you to create them because I would imagine it is a process because not only do you have to think about the shape but you also have to consider how you are going to make that shape and also deal with um, different scales as well I find it really fascinating so Shaylee what would you say uh, what what would you say inspires your book art or your book shape um, I would definitely say my my life or whatever I have going on kind of at the moment um, when I when I I did kind of like a whole playground series where I had like swings and a slide and um, a seesaw and I was taking my 16 month old to the park every day and so that's kind of where I was spending my day so I'd be like hmm I wonder if I could make a swing like that out of books um and then we went to the beach and I did like a waves and like a shark and I did a pool because I was had the beach on my mind so um I would say very much whatever is going on in my life kind of inspires the shapes and a lot of times I don't know if I can make the shape. And so I'll just be like, let me just try and like see if it'll work. And I have so many pictures on my phone that did not work and just look nothing at all like the shape. Um, but usually just, I guess like trial and error, I try it and if it doesn't work, I move on to something else. But that's kind of my inspiration, just everyday life, I guess. And what about you, Keely? What inspires your book art that you create? 
Yeah, I would agree with what Shaylee says. There's definitely some times when I literally am just walking around my house, like being like, what do I make out of books next? Because I love making it. Um, but sometimes I'm sure Shaylee will agree with us too. Sometimes you're like, I have no ideas and I feel like I should be making something. Um, so yeah, um, I think that some of the times when baking book shapes is easiest for me is like during a season. So like during the holiday season, there's just so much inspiration because all the holiday decorations were out there. Like you would see, you know, for me, I live in Minnesota. So people playing in the snow and you'd be like, can I do that? Like, can I do sledding? Can I do a snowman? Um, and uh, like Shaylee said, a lot of trial and error too, of just seeing like, this is fun. Like, can I make this out of books and seeing if it works or trying it a different way or sometimes you try something and you're like oh my gosh in order to make this work I would need a lot more space in my house and so that's or a lot more books sometimes I'm like I have a lot of books and sometimes I do not have enough to execute something um but yeah inspiration is hard I think it's a lot of times it's just drawing from things in our life or things that we see or um me just walking around my house staring at things (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. And one thing that I think we would agree was a lot of fun to read was the X talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. And that is the book that we have agreed to chat about on the podcast this episode. So a few little fun facts about the book before we actually get into our chat is I was listening to a podcast with the author uh, earlier today and she actually was a massive fan of Meg Cabot's work or Cabot I should say was how it was pronounced I've always pronounced it at Cabot but apparently it is Cabot and um, the the series in particular that the author mentioned was the Princess Diaries which I actually have on the shelf behind me and some of them were even laminated because I adored these books as a teenager and I thought it was really great that the author took a bit of inspiration uh, from this author who, who I also really enjoy. And the other thing that the author mentioned that she played around with was she was inspired by the idea of enemies to lovers, which I think that's pretty clear in the story. But she also explored the idea of forced proximity and what that means for two people when they're working quite closely together and, and how they're sort of, they might have feelings for each other, but then being forced in, into that proximity Uh, can actually make things more complicated. So if you haven't read the book before, it is, this is it in a nutshell for you. So it's a classic enemies to lovers trope with an added radio twist. The X Talk is a new release rom-com about Shay, a talented producer and aspiring host, and Dominic, the newest Pacific public radio journalist out to prove his worth. When funding is cut and jobs are in jeopardy, Shay pitches the idea of the X-Talk, a new show hosted by exes who tackle the big questions about relationships. The catch? There's no money or time to look for external talent. And so Shay and Dominic take to the air as fake exes. Exploration of grief, sexism and lying. A great example of how rom-com can be light and comforting, yet also be a safe space to explore some deeper issues. So the first thing I want to raise about this book, and I don't know if you had a similar experience was it with it, was the cover. So I adore a pink cover, absolutely loved it. But then when I got it in the mail and realized it can't go on my pink shelf 
because the spine is blue. So, uh, but the other really great thing about the book is, and hopefully this is the same for your copy, is mine is actually matte and it feels so lovely to hold. I really liked that about the book and I've never mentioned that on the podcast before about how much I loved this book. Shaylee, did you have a similar experience? I did. So I had seen, um, I had seen the X talk kind of floating around bookstagram and I was like, ah, I don't even know what it's about, but it's such a cute book. And then um, me and my husband were at a half price book and I saw it and I was like, I recognize it. And yeah, I love the cover. It's just like cute and fun. And I like the matte. It gives it like a nice feel. It's just, it's a good book. And I agree about the blue spine because I'm, I have a shortage of pink books and yeah, I can't use the spine for, for the pink areas, but the cover's super cute. So I, I really enjoy it. I like it. What about you, Keely? Yeah, I agree. I, um, I'm an avid library reader, so my copy was actually a library version, but I'm sure Shaylee would agree with this too. Matte covers are easier to photograph because you don't have to worry about like a weird glare um, so as a bookstagrammer, I also love a matte cover for that reason, because they photograph better. <laughs> um, but yeah, super cute cover, super cute book. I also love a pink book. So really fun. Yeah. So if the eye publishers listening, bookstagrammers would really love some matte covered books. So <laughs> try and, um, try and see what you can do there. <laughs> and I also think one of the really noticeable things about this cover is that microphone and that really iconic mic on the front of it there. And it, it's, it sort of sets up and, and gives us the setting straight away for the story before you even read the blurb. Keely, what did you think about the public radio setting? I really loved that as a setting um, for the book. And actually one of the reasons that I've been recommending this is I think it was a really cool um, setting to put this book in. I think we see a lot of office settings, especially for enemies to lovers and romance books or workplace romances. Um, and this is a little bit different from that. Um, personally, I kind of grew up on public radio. My mom is a huge uh, public radio fan and uh, my fiance is as well. So we have public radio on all the time in all of the houses that I have lived in. Um, and so I thought it was like such a fun, it made for such a fun like workplace romance because the work that they were doing was so different and the work is really central to the story as your blurb kind of explained and I think sometimes a lot of like office romances the office is just like a place where people are dropped in and you never really get to know the work that they're doing very often like they're always like I'm working on a report and he's doing an email and it's like what are you doing um, whereas this I felt like work could be so central and it made it so fun uh, and so yeah I really love that aspect. And what about you Shaylee? I agree with Keely. I thought it was a very like unique setting. I don't think I've read a book that had public radio as as the setting. So um, I think it was a really like unique situation that they kind of got themselves into. And I, I liked that, you know, we got to read about what they were saying on the radio all the while kind of knowing what was going on behind the scenes. So I feel like it made for a really juicy setting for the story. 
And radio has always been something that I've been kind of interested in. And I can still remember when I was in year eight, one of our um, assignments we had to do was actually create a radio show with like talk breaks and music. And it's always been something that I think is really, it, it would be a really cool job to have. And I think producing a radio show is definitely something I could see myself doing. So getting this little slice and insight into the radio world whilst also uh, getting a story, I think was, was kind of a two for one. Um, and my only issue with the radio setting, and I know that this can be, um, we, we don't like when we read a book, we don't get to hear the book. And that, for example, like Daisy Jones and the six, everyone just wanted to hear the music. And when I read this story and when Shay was communicating to the people around her, that she was worried about her voice and I, I think that this is probably a common issue that people have. A lot of people don't like to hear their voice back. And interestingly enough, during the podcast, people will say, oh, I don't know whether I listen to my episode back because I hate the sound of my own voice. So I, I acknowledge that that's a very common thing. But I felt like I couldn't really empathize with her because I had no idea what her voice sounded like. And I couldn't really pick it up from the way it was written. So I, I really loved the setting, but that was my only little, little thing. I was like, oh, I kind of can't quite get on board with her not liking her voice because I, I've got no idea what the insecurity is about around there. I say I agree too, because it's like her dream to be on radio. Like she talks so much about it being her dream and that is the one little thing. And I think especially in the world of podcasting right now, we as listeners are so used to hearing so many different voices I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure I could identify like a really good radio voice, you know, where you're like, oh, that could just like lull me right to sleep or like, oh, like that announcer just makes everything sound exciting or something like that. But I'm just so used to hearing the voices of just kind of like everyday people now. And I like that. And so that was hard for me too. That's good. I'm glad that I, it's, it, it wasn't just me. <laughs> That, that thought that. And I get that most of the time in books, we can't hear the, hear what's happening or going on either. Um, one of the really great things about this story, and is definitely why I picked it up, apart from the cute cover, was the enemies to lovers tropes. So, Keely, is this a trope that you enjoy reading? Yes, definitely. I love enemies to lovers. I think it's so fun and... Um, I love seeing the process that a couple goes through when they start out really disliking each other and not having a lot of empathy for each other. And then throughout a book kind of, um, you know, take some of that back and learn about, I feel like in an enemies to lovers trope, you see a lot of people getting to know each other really well and kind of working through their own expectations or biases of another person. Um, and that that's really fun for me. And what about you, Shaylee? I I did really enjoy it. I would say, so I'm not a huge romance fan. I would say I'm I lean more towards thrillers and things like that. Um, but I I I really enjoyed the buildup of the enemies to lovers because it, it's such like an evolution throughout the book. They start out you know hating each other and then it's moves toward tolerating each other and then it's uh, you're okay. You're not, you're not as bad as I thought. And I, I just, I really enjoy seeing that 
evolution of the relationship and it's just like a slow buildup where you know eventually they're gonna probably get together and so that anticipation it was really exciting and I, I enjoyed that part of it. Yeah and you're right and because enemies to lovers can certainly be a very predictable theme like we know from even from the blurb oh they're obviously going to end up together but it certainly was a bit more of a slow burn in this novel than what I have seen in others and yeah you you definitely got to know uh, the characters and you could also learn why they were attracted to each other as well and one other unique thing about this story is there was a blend of genres throughout it so we had the main narrative going but we also got little excerpts of of tweets or radio transcripts throughout. So I really enjoyed that blend of genres. I thought it break, broke up the reading and it helped to build the world a little bit more around it. It made it feel a little bit real. Um, but I found that it, it kind of dropped off towards the end of the novel. Like we got it again right at the end. But when, this, when the story started to ramp up and the X talk started to get more popular and then inevitably the lie coming out. But yeah, I felt like it kind of dropped off a little bit there. Shaylee, what did you think about the blend of genres in the novel? I really liked it. Uh, I feel like the blend in genres is something that is a little newer for me. I mentioned um, The Night Swim by uh, Megan Gold Golden earlier, um, and she does, she has like a podcast that's um, incorporated into the book, and um, I, I really like it. I feel like it kind of, like you said, breaks the story up. It keeps it keeps it very like entertaining and keeps me engaged. I feel like I'm a little more involved in it because I'm getting to read what they're, what they're working on, what they're doing. Um, so I, I really liked it. I'm liking it more and more, the more I see it in books. And what did you think about the blend of genres in the book, Keely? I agree. I, with everything Shaley said, and I also was going to say The Night Swim is another wonderful example of this blend of genres, especially if you are a thriller and mystery fan. Um, yeah, I think I've started reading a lot more books more recently, too, um, that have this blend. And I think that it's a really nice way to move the story forward. I feel like if we were to sit through a full chapter or two chapters of them discussing how the episodes were being made and like going through all that dialogue as opposed to just providing a transcript to what the um you know what the final product looked like um I think that book would get really tired and really repetitive really quickly so I appreciate that genre blend there um because I think it's really practical too and I think as an audiobook too it would be really fun to listen to it that way I think the story kind of started to drag towards the end there. So I think you're right in terms of it, it definitely moves us along a little bit quicker. So imagine how much longer um, the story could have been without those little moments within. And yeah, it would be really cool to actually listen to as an audiobook. Um, and maybe I wonder if the voice actor would bring something to the role of Shay. So we understand, um, what it is about her voice that she might like or that she thinks others might find a little jarring. So one of the big plot points of this story is that the characters are presenting a lie to their listeners. So here's a little spoiler. Um, we haven't really given any spoilers away to this point, but if you are concerned about it spoiling, pause the episode and come back to it after you read the book. 
Did you think the lie was that big of a deal, Shay? You know, as I was writing this and I was like, Shaylee and Shay, I'm definitely going to get the character and Shaylee confused. (laughs) It's okay. My my dad calls me Shay. So I was like, is she talking to me? Is she talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So what did you think about the lie? Um, I never, never a good idea. I think to start any type of uh, venture based on a lie. So, you know, immediately when they, you know, concocted this whole story uh, in order to get, you know, more listeners. Um, I was just like, bad idea, bad idea. Um, so I think, I think they should have known it was going to end badly. Um, especially something that is so public. And, you know, if they really thought it was going to be the success that it was, and that that many people were going to be listening, I mean, it's just that much more scrutiny on this fake relationship um so yeah i think anything that's that's built on a lie is doomed to eventually come out um yeah i think i think it was wrong i think it was a big deal i think they probably should have known better um but i guess they they did what they had to do but i think the outcome was to to be somewhat expected that it was all gonna kind of blow up and come to light It definitely was a bit of a ticking time bomb that eventually in a world where there's so much social media and they would have started to be slowly recognized and the the fact they were keeping it as a lie from their parents as well was, was based. Yeah. It was definitely going to blow up eventually. What about you, Keely? Do you think the lie was that big of a deal? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, One of the things that is one of my pet peeves, particularly in a romance, is you always know that some conflict is coming, right? Like, I feel like that's just part of the formula of a romance. Like, there's going to be some weird blow up that, like, kind of messes with everything. Um, And in this book, I felt like you kind of knew, like, okay, this lie is going to come out. Like, this is going to be the major conflict. And I feel like as I'm reading, as I get closer to it, I, like, find myself just, like, cringing and, like, kind of, like, burying into myself because I don't want to get there. But I also think like a couple of things. One, this is like, they were creating a show for like public entertainment. And a lot of what they were doing on the show was real. Um, And so like, while I don't think it's a good idea to start a venture on a lie, I also think that the public would have maybe been more understanding of like, they're creating like this show and like a lot of the content they're delivering is really good. So the fact that it is kind of a lie there is maybe not so big of a deal like I, I they got so much like crazy hate at the end and I was like okay like are people really gonna be like booing you like that you know like it's still a good show um and then the other thing too I think that they could have like very easily pivoted like romance advice from two people who hate each other and like that's kind of just as good as like an ex talk I mean I guess it doesn't have the catchy name but um they could have maybe still kind of gone at it at that angle of like we're not exes, but we might as well be because we really, we've had this working relationship together and we have decided that we really hate each other. And so, you know, we started work on one, you know, we probably started work on a very happy, like amicable way. And then now we 
now we really don't get along at all. So I feel like they could have maybe just pivoted a little bit too, but that's just me. The plot has to exist like this in order for the book to exist. But yeah, I, I found myself a little bit disappointed by the blow up because I was like, I kind of felt this was coming and come on, like, it's you it's this is the world that we live in like it's a social media world also I'm like you guys could have controlled your social media a little bit better like you could have just archived all your old posts and then no one would ever be digging around for this like how are people getting a hold of like your Facebook account so my minor hang-ups and there are those little loopholes that sometimes as as readers and as critical thinkers you pick out like for me, classic The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Love the story, but I'm like, how did anyone, how did anyone go to the bathroom in her presence? How did anyone go and pay for dinner in their presence? Like you, yeah, you, you definitely can start to pick apart some things like that as you read the story. Um, I was also like you, Keely, where I was a little bit surprised that people were showing so much hate over the lie. And it wasn't as if this was a show people had listened to for years of their life. Like in, it was really only a few months. Um, and I suppose people get really invested really quickly, but it was such a, like a big outcry um, from people. One thing that I did kind of reflect on as I was reading this and, and in particular reading the lie is that we're okay when fiction that we read isn't true. We're okay when the music we listen to isn't necessarily the experience of the artist who's written it. We're fine with watching television or movies that isn't truthful, but why is it that radio has to be truthful all the time? Like, and radio itself actually in like the 1940s, I think when I was researching it today, during the 1940s, radio drama was kind of at its height of entertainment because people didn't have television or streaming services. But it just seems so foreign that a, a something that a medium that was created as a form of entertainment has swiveled to being 100% truthful most of the time. So I was actually kind of, I was kind of okay with the lie for the fabrication and the form of entertainment. But, and I started to think it's such a shame that we don't have that radio drama as, as something anymore. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if, if it exists in some form, I'm sure that there's podcasts that are in a storytelling medium, but I certainly haven't heard anything of a radio drama before in my lifetime. So that was just a bit of a reflection that I had um, on the story. And of course our, ending it ends with the characters coming together and creating a podcast shaylee did you like the ending i did i liked um i like that it started with the radio and then it kind of ended with the radio i felt like the whole story came very full circle and the the blow up ultimately resulted in them doing something that they loved even more um so i i really i liked the ending um i thought it was yeah i liked that everything kind of came full circle and they actually got to do what they really wanted to do in the first place you know they were well more so dominique uh was more hesitant to do the show but you know shay she was just trying to keep her job she was kind of floundering um so at the end when they had the podcast together it was like they both actually got to do something that they enjoy and really really both want to do so um i i really like the ending 
What about you, Keely? What did you think about that ending? I agree too. Um, I liked, I did like how it ended. Um, and thinking back again about the main character, Shay, and how like radio is really her dream. Um, and how she wanted to do your know, radio that felt like really real and really good. And that was like in honor of her dad who had passed when she was younger. Um, I felt like she kind of got to do that in the ending with the, the podcast because she was kind of fighting to get to explore some things that she really wanted to when she was on the show itself. Um, like she really fought for that like love after grief episode. Um, and I felt like by having the show now, they were really able to tackle some of those things and kind of keep the momentum of the show and like what was really at the heart of it for her, at least to keep going. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think on a on a career level for both of the characters, they kind of found a happy medium. Um, and then they, of course, also found each other. But my the one thing I actually really struggled with at the ending and and I, th- but I also think that the author has shown those two characters and and how their lives kind of went a little bit separate, but they they still wanted to be together. Was I think it would have been so hard to actually forgive Dominic for that final moment at PodCon when she's basically trying to save face and he just leaves, um, and then he took like kept his job at the radio station while she lost hers and he kind of like just watched it happen. Like, I think that would have been incredibly hard to get past, but at the same time, I need to trust that the characters know what they're doing. And, and um, if it's something that Shay could forgive Dominic for, I probably need to forgive him for it as well. <laughs> That's one thing too, that I felt maybe felt like a little, unrealistic or something I know like I felt like we needed a little bit more hints that he had such like severe stage fright because we got like one backstory about it being an issue but then I had forgotten that and so when we are and maybe that was the point too maybe you're supposed to forget but then when I got there I was like what the heck is going on like support this person who is with you like what are you doing so yeah I agree with that that critique yeah, I agree with I agree with both of you as well. I felt like that was kind of out of the out of the blue, maybe out of character from what we had seen from them as this seen from him as, you know, a super confident guy and then just kind of abandoning her. Um, I agree personally, it would have been hard to get over that, but I guess Shay is a better woman than I am. Is there anything else you want to discuss about the book before we end our chat? I feel like I've given a lot of critiques, but I really love it. And I really do recommend it. And I think that everything that we've discussed are definitely things that you can get over as a reader. Um, I'm a picky reader, so I read a lot and I am sometimes critical um, in a very loving way. But I, I mean, I think that I gave this book like one of my highest ratings of the month that I read it. And it is a book that I have recommended to so many of my friends. Um, and people in the bookstagram community as well, because it really is so good. And it is, if you like enemies to lovers, I think that this is like one of the best books done on that genre. So everyone should read it if they haven't. Yeah, I agree. I I fully wholeheartedly recommend this book if you're looking for a cute, fun, unique uh, rom-com with, yeah, lovers to enemies. 
and it has a happy ending. So um, it's good. I, I liked it a lot and everyone should read it. It's definitely a great little escape book and it doesn't take a whole lot of concentration to build the world. And once you're in, you're in. And the, the, the characters are very easy to, to understand, very easy to um, sink, your, sink yourself into their lives. So I, it's definitely um, a book worth a read, that's for sure. Thank you so much for joining me on the Bookstore and Podcast, ladies. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. You have been listening to the Bookstore and Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and follow me on Instagram at the Bookstore and Podcast.